Hey, Tessa Stuckey here. I just want to say thank you really quick for taking the time to listen to this. Um, I know a lot of us are busy. We don't have a lot of time. Life is hectic right now with everything going on. And so thank you so much because that that means that you are joining me on this mission to protect our kids and to make changes that are necessary so that we can build strong individuals who are ready to take on this world. And I am a mom of four, a therapist, and now an author. I wrote my book, For the Sake of Our Youth, to spread awareness on information that is relevant and important for every parent to hear um, about today's culture and how to kind of get by with some comfort and strength as a family. The book, For the Sake of Our Youth, it's now available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com. This is the podcast version. You'll get a good idea of what my book is all about from cover to cover, and you'll probably get even more out of it because I'm going to like expand on everything. So I always say that I could talk about this all day long. Um, I used to say I could write a book about that and so I've written a book about that and I'm not done talking so here we go. Hey Tessa Stuckey here with For the Sake of Our Youth. In today's episode we're going to talk about some emotions. A lot of times and I know you're not going to want to hear this but a lot of times we have to wait for some emotional maturity to kick in for our kids to make some of the big changes that maybe we're wanting to see right away. But I will say that there is some things that we can do to help kickstart that or push it a little bit more so it comes a little bit quicker. But one of the things we do have to do as parents is accept the fact that it is a journey for each individual and it's natural and it's ongoing. And so if we accept that, then we can remind ourselves that some of the things that they're doing or going through is is part of that journey or a phase if you will um, but that they can grow from it as well so you know we're all growing we're learning we're maturing and we're looking for understanding and acceptance it's part of being a human our kids experience their own journey and growth daily this helps them prepare and power through emotional hurricanes build resilience, and experience self-awareness to avoid the dark and scary thoughts. Emotional maturity is, as you know, a combination of multiple factors and experiences. As parents, we take on the role of encouraging, teaching, supporting, building our child's motivation to continue growing. Self-awareness, acceptance, and purpose within their life, particularly during a trying season, are the main parts to building that emotional maturity. So now that you understand the frosted glass theory that I have and the need to avoid fear-based parenting and you have your parenting philosophy in place, you can help encourage your child to focus on their emotional maturity through self-awareness, self-trust, and self-regulation. Now, if you are listening to this episode and you have not listened to prior episodes, you need to hold up. Because in episodes before this, I talk about fear-based parenting and what that means, what that looks like, and why we need to avoid it. I talk about coming up with your own parenting philosophy. So you need to take out that list if you already did that. If not, you need to stop this and go to one of the first couple episodes where I talk about parenting philosophy. Um, And also, if you didn't listen to my Frosted Glass episode, now's a good time to do that too. 
So like I said, self-awareness, self-trust, and self-regulation. Young kids need your help becoming self-aware. The end goal is for them to become self-aware themselves, obviously, but without the ability to become self-aware, communication, conflicts, and emotions are really hard to manage for the remainder of their hard life. And their hard life will more likely be a hard bad life rather than a hard good life that we want for them. While they're young, you can help them by picking up on the warning signs of an oncoming emotional hurricane and bring it to their attention with a simple code word or a sound. One of my boys, he struggles with recognizing his anger sometimes and he gets really frustrated with with himself or frustrated with his brothers and that can potentially turn into a screaming and crying fit. Instead of me interfering after he hits his brothers with you need to learn that we don't hit. I've learned to catch it beforehand. I've picked up on some of the words he said. So if you can't tell, I'm all about like prevention and preparation and like catching things early. I've picked up on some of the words or even like the sounds like the whines that he makes when he starts to feel this way. And I get to bring that to his attention. A simple, hey buddy, this is one of those times or even just like an up, 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 up mom sound. And he's learned to notice it, reflect and gain some control. It's pretty empowering. I've noticed I have to do this less and less over time. And he started to learn to become self-aware on his own. And he's gained some of that self-awareness strength. But in order for this to happen, you have to have conversations with your kids about all of this first. So this is what I call, and I've talked about it in another episode, but this is what I call PRPR. Prepare, remind, praise, repeat. So I had a discussion with my son about his behavior. This is good for any behavior changes that you want to see. But just so you know, it has to happen more than once. Hence the last R part of repeat. So not a creative name, PRPR, but whatever. So I was noticing this behavior in my son. I didn't like that he couldn't, you know, manage his anger. I didn't like him taking it out on himself or taking it out on me or taking out on his brothers. And I just, I remember thinking like, this has got to change. And so I started off having conversations with him like, hey, buddy, you're getting really frustrated. Or how are you doing? I noticed that you got really mad today when you were playing Legos or whatever. And let, I let him contribute to the conversation. It was not, I'm sure there are parts of it that feels like a lecture, but it was not a lecture based like, I need to talk to you and tell you everything you're doing wrong and what you need to work on. It was more along the lines of, okay, this is the emotion happening behind the behavior and I'm noticing that. How can we work through this? So I had that conversation with him and then we came up with a plan of how he needs to respond or how he can react appropriately when he gets angry like that and I let him chime in on his ideas so then when I said hey buddy this is one of those times or I would like make that up 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 sound towards him like he knew exactly what I was talking about and the good thing about this is it creates that bond between us like hey this is almost like our little code word right or like our little secret that we have going on that none of your brothers have going on and like I'm with you I'm holding your hand I'm right next to you we're working through this together rather than you better figure this out because this isn't working anymore older kids are much more aware of their emotions but they may not know what to do with them so you have to teach them how to ask some questions and this will begin 
the process of self-reflection and the ability to pick up on warning signs on their own before the emotion becomes too overwhelming to handle. So not ask questions to you, but how to ask questions within themselves. Like, how do I feel in certain situations? So how do I feel when I'm around the girls in cheer practice? Or how do I feel when I'm at home at the dinner table? Why do I have that reaction? What was my part? What was my intention? And how can I have handled it? How could I have handled it differently? So this is, that's kind of the conversation that I had with my son, but more kid-friendly. He was six at the time. So how did you feel when your brother took your Lego from him? Why do you think you reacted that way? What was your part in it? What did you do wrong? Um, But what did you, what were your intentions? Like what was the emotion behind that? And then how could you have handled it differently? We have something called a reset button in our house. It kind of helps with the self-regulation stuff. Reset button is when somebody just needs a reminder and I don't have to sit there and lecture or get mad or yell at anyone. And it looks different for all of my kids. So I've had this conversation with all of my kids where I sit down with them separately and I say, you know, sometimes when your brother does this, you react this way and that's not okay. How can I help you remember that that's not okay? Or how can I help you remember to calm down in that moment? And we call it the reset button. What would you like for your reset button to be? And it's different for everyone. Like my youngest, he just wants a hug, which I love that one. Um, My middle son, he wants me to literally act like a robot and go boop, 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 and like push his nose. (laughs) Recently, his changed to me like like jamming. (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it, but I like do, 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 do. And then I like his reset button is is on the bottom of his foot and I go on his foot. Anyways, the whole point of the reset button is it's like, it can be really a really simple way to remind them to become self-aware and to self-regulate, but it also can be so silly that it creates this laughter and like just not distraction from that, but also just redirecting where their emotions are at. Okay. But the second part is encouraging self-trust. So when my boys were little and one would fall, I would quickly say, you're okay. Get up. You're okay. Don't cry. Right. Um, I suppose it's kind of like our societal norm to react that way, especially with boys. We want them to be tough and not show emotion, which is so not okay. Or maybe it's just to quickly remove from our own discomfort, which I've talked about that in another episode. But as parents, we have to learn how to sit in the discomfort of our kids so that they can struggle a little bit. We have to practice that self-awareness to understand whether we're minimizing our child's discomfort so that we can really minimize our own. Whatever the reason, I realized something, that telling them that they're okay when they don't actually feel okay is teaching them to mistrust themselves. If every time you felt sick or stressed, someone said to you, oh, you're okay. I mean, like, how would you react? I would feel dismissed, unimportant, cumbersome, unheard. I might even feel the need to respond with like, no, I'm not. What do you know about what I'm feeling? I don't feel good. 
And if I was younger, I might even feel the need to prove it more. We want to teach our kids to be strong and to not coddle or enable them. And this kind of goes back to that resiliency. As I mentioned before, emotional hurricanes are going to hit their shore. Recognizing the storm is not weakening your child, but rather encouraging them to struggle through instead of pretending it isn't there. This is an opportunity to teach rather than to minimize or dictate how they feel. If we tell our kids, you don't feel that way, or you're okay, we are really saying to them, I know better than you. I'm smarter than you. You're not that smart. You don't know what you're talking about. And then they're going to let other people do the same thing to them as they get older. And that could lead to a whole lot of other things that could be really unhealthy and traumatizing. And if we don't trust their sense of self and emotions, they begin learning to not trust themselves as well. Now, certainly kids and teenagers can be dramatic. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't necessarily mean that they aren't hurting, though. So try to resist the, oh, you're okay, honey, statements. Try instead responding with concern and a caring heart. Practice effective communication, such as validating the emotion behind the behavior during a time of distress or pain. This is important in order to build your child's self-trust to help them through the hardships that they will experience as individual adults. Similar to um, a teenage girl saying, I'm so ugly to their mom. A lot of times you'll hear the mom say, no, you're not. You're beautiful. You're perfect. Okay. First of all, you think that because you're her mom. (laughs) And second, maybe she is beautiful. Maybe she's not recognizing that, but that's not the issue here. She doesn't feel it. She doesn't feel good. And the minute you say, no, you're not, you're minimizing how she feels. So a response more along the lines of, oh, you're not feeling comfortable in your skin right now, or you're not feeling really good about yourself right now is more appropriate. And that will help her go, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Okay, so then we have to encourage self-regulation, right? So we teach them self-awareness, we teach them self-trust, and now we have to help them learn self-regulation. How do they regulate themselves when the storm hits? So while they're young, you have to remind your child for the need for self-regulation. You have to walk them through this process of awareness, trust, and solutions. You help them find what helps in the moment, okay? My son, the one who struggles with anger, he doesn't care for what we have in our house called the turnaround, which I'll tell you in a minute. So we found some other options to be really helpful. And I usually have to ask him, okay, bud, what do you need from me to help you remember to calm yourself down? And that triggers him to focus on his self-awareness. Then I ask, what do you want to do to feel better? That's the self-regulation. I have accepted that for him, it isn't an immediate solution. His approach is evolving and changing quicker than my other boys. Some approaches have more success than others. And they are the reset button, uh, our coping skills list that we've made. We have a thing in our house called the Mississippi Hug. He likes to sing a favorite song, take a deep breath, or he likes it when I tickle him sometimes too. (laughs) I'll tell you about the Mississippi hug and then I'll tell you about the turnaround. So the Mississippi hug is something I came up with. Um, Research shows that if you hug someone for 8 to 10 seconds, 
then oxytocin is released in the body. And so oxytocin is that chemical in our brain that releases that feels really good. And we feel that when we are cuddling with someone, we feel that when we are connecting with someone face to face. And it's just one of those warm and fuzzy feelings that is a good one. And so with the what we came up with with the Mississippi hug is that it turns it into this really long hug. Um, and this is what we say while we're hugging each other. So bear with me. We go. One Mississippi and two. Three Mississippi with you. Four Mississippi and five. Six Mississippi hold tight. Seven Mississippi and eight. Nine Mississippi just wait. 10 Mississippi all snug. I feel better with a Mississippi hug. (laughs) So it's kind of silly. Obviously that wouldn't work with teenagers. I don't think, but maybe it would. Um, It's good for the little kids. It helps calm them down and you get that eight to 10 seconds so that oxytocin can be released. Now the turnaround, let me tell you about the turnaround really quick. I feel like I've talked about this so much on every podcast I'm on. I talk about this and every presentation I talk about this. So A part of me is a little bit tired of repeating myself because I feel like maybe you've heard it before, but maybe you haven't. So when my oldest son was four, that meant I had a two-year-old as well, and then the twins were only a couple months old. So I had four, two, and twin babies, and we were trying to get out of the house for something. I don't remember. And my four-year-old was throwing this ridiculous fit in the house. And it was over something silly, like not the the right color socks that he wanted or something. And I looked at him because I'm such a big believer that attitudes are contagious. I really didn't want that to happen. And I looked at him with my best mom voice, my best mom look. And I said, you turn that attitude around or we're not going to go. And he looked at me with this awful, horrible, cute little face that a four-year-old could make really mean like trying to be so mean and fierce and he whipped around 360 physically turned around (laughs) and when he came back he had this huge smile on his face (laughs) and it was the cutest thing I instantly started laughing he started laughing and it was one of those things that was like all of a sudden he was in a good mood and it just showed me that sometimes not all the times but sometimes We are in more control than we think, and we can choose to turn our attitude around. So it became a thing in our house where we tell each other to do a turnaround. I tell my husband to do a turnaround sometimes. (laughs) They tell me to do a turnaround sometimes. And it's something that has become a norm. Now, like I said, my second son does not respond very well to the turnaround, so we have other options. But for my other kids, they do. And a lot of times, like my youngest two... I'll make them like look in the mirror and make a really mean face and then they'll turn around and be happy in the mirror or I'll do it with them. And now we're at the point where I'll say something like, you need to go to your room until you're ready for a turnaround and let me know and I'll do one with you. Um, I also allow my kids to call me and my husband out on a turnaround as well, Um, which I think is really important because it gives them that power um, and that feeling of respect, knowing that as humans, we all mess up. And sometimes we just need to be reminded 
to become self-aware so that we can self-regulate. And that goes for adults too. And allowing my kids to confront us on that is really powerful because then when I call them out and I confront them, they aren't as defensive or look at us like hypocrites, like I spoke about in another episode. Um, so there's that mutual respect of, Mom, I think I think you need a turnaround. The first time my son said that to me, I, I did get a little <laughs> taken aback and like, mm, what? What did you just say? Um, but after that, it became like, you know what? <sighs> You're right. I do need a turnaround. Or even now, I won't even, like, I'll, I will admit it to them before they call me out on it. And I'll say, you know what? Mom is in a bad mood and I need to do a turnaround. So if you guys could just give me a couple minutes, I'm going to go in my room, calm down, and then do a turnaround and I'll be back in a couple of minutes. And it just allows for that to be natural, normal, normalized, um, accepted, and a reminder that we're all human and we all make those mistakes. So emotions are really, really hard to regulate. I mean, even as adults, we're still learning how to regulate a lot, right? Um, So our job as parents is to expect the drama and exaggeration while we're teaching self-regulation. And the best way to accomplish this is by modeling that, like I said, Um, but they can't read our minds. So modeling may not be as obvious as we'd like. And so sometimes we might need to create a narrative that kind of coexists with that. So self-regulation can help teach how to power through a tough moment. And an added plus is that they might even recognize that you're a human being as well. But for example, let's just say you're experiencing a stressful moment or a day and you're unable to regulate your own emotions and you could easily like break down into tears or completely lose it. Um, but if you're able to become self-aware and self-regulate so you don't lose it, you might. this might be a good chance for you to model that, that behavior by verbally expressing something along the lines of, gosh, what a day. I could totally cry right now, and maybe I should, but I can't right now since we're about to walk into the store. So I'm going to close my eyes for a couple of seconds and take a deep breath, and I will allow myself to cry once we get home if I still feel this way. So an easy breathing exercise I like to do with my boys is what we call the candle. Um, You close your eyes and you hold your finger up to your nose and you imagine your finger is a really yummy smelling candle and you take a deep breath in to smell that candle, to smell that candle and then you finally blow that candle out. You try it again and again and again and that creates that calmness and learning how to do some deep breathing to calm yourself down. So again, emotional maturity is a journey that we are all on, Um, not just our kids, but us as well. And we have to allow that journey to happen. I will say that a lot of times when my clients reach a place of self-awareness, so much is relieved for them. They find so much relief in practicing self-awareness. And so as parents, we can kickstart that with our kids by having those open conversations and coming up with some techniques, depending on how old they are, to show them and model that self-awareness. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will catch you next time.
Hey, Tessa here. So did you know that you can call in and leave me a message? And if I think that your question for me is going to be helpful for other people too, I will include it in an episode. So go ahead, follow the link that's in my profile on Instagram at the mom therapist. And there you will find a tab that says, ask Tessa. Just click on that and you can leave me a message. How cool is that? Ooh, also real quick, sorry. If you are interested in purchasing my book, go ahead and look on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. It's called For the Sake of Our Youth, A Therapist's Perspective on Raising Your Family in Today's Culture by me, Tessa Stuckey. That's with an E-Y. You can also go to my website, www.tessastuckey.com for more information. And I love to share things on a daily basis on my Instagram, at themomtherapist. Also, I hate to do this, but if you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and rate it. That would really help others find the podcast easier so that they can listen to this information too. Thank you.